Roger. Roger, Roger. Alright, good evening everybody. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, January 29th. Um, I am your host, Randall. Got my partners in crime. Tommy. And Madman working the boards. Enos is on his way. Uh, just want to remind everyone, not only do we do this podcast live every Wednesday, but we also stream it live on our YouTube channel. Um, you're going to want to start watching that, guys, because if you haven't... Um, caught on by now we do show and tell of books in our collection there's some really sweet stuff that's been showing up you don't want to miss seeing these things so join the youtube if you're on your watching hit the little bell as a notification madmen who's working our boards can let me let me, actually let me know who's watching Alrighty, so let's get things going how was your weekend uh pretty good man pretty good uh madman your weekend all right uh it was, it was good it was good cool. that's right um, i think if i did anything special but i guess i didn't well um Remember this coming weekend, Sunday, we got both the Super Bowl and uh, the Oscars, right? Oh, no, wait, when's the Oscars? Oh, I don't care about the Oscars, but you the You don't Bowl. care about the Oscars? We just talked about Joker being nominated for 11 Oscars. What the hell's wrong I with you? I plan on extending my streak of not <laughs> watching the Oscars to 42 years this year. Okay. It means you haven't watched them since you've been born. Correct. Never All watched right. the Oscars. Good. Okay. I'd like to see, I'd like to see uh, of course, you know, Joker win. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just, I find award shows boring. I will give you that. So I don't watch them. Any award show, it doesn't matter what, what it's for. The Oscars, the Grammys, the ESPYs, whatever. It's, it's boring. And that's usually the only two I watch are the Grammys and the ESPYs. So there's a text. Oh, not the person I want. All right, so getting into the news items. Um, last week we were talking about how Wonder Woman, or not Wonder Woman, Catwoman's getting the uh, 80th anniversary treatment just like all the other DC um, characters. Well... Uh, and I mentioned Robin was getting his as well, and yes. it is coming out March 11th, but they revealed the Jim Lee cover for the Robin 80th anniversary 100-page special. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this thing? I have not, no. Uh, I've seen the black and white of it. Um, it basically pays homage to Detective 38, which is Robin's first appearance, and it's recreating that scene where he's jumping through like the hoop of paper, you know, where Batman's introducing him. So. Okay. But yes, um, as expected, there are going to be plenty of variants. So the Jim Lee 1940s variant, um, the 1950s variant by Julian Totino Tedesco, um, 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, so forth and so on. So etc. Right. The only one that I there's one by Frank Miller for the 80s and one by Derek Chu for the 2000s. The Derek Chu ought to be interesting because his variant covers usually always tend to be gracing the covers of Supergirl. So, there, speak of the devil, he shall appear. There's right. Enos. So, uh, this other one, I love when Marvel and DC do this. So, Thor number two mm -hmm. has talked about the Black Winter, which mm -hmm. I guess is their version of the Star Plague. It's the one that wiped out the original universe that Galactus was from. Yes. Um, and what was really great about it is apparently in Thor number two, we discovered the Black Winter actually destroyed the DC universe. Yes, I saw that. That's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. I like that. I, I really love when they do things like that with one yeah, another's little, universes little back and forth. Uh, but I've actually looked at the uh, the pages from it. Um, so you see, I guess the the Black Winter um, takes the form of like black snowflakes that when they hit, dissolve everything that they land on. Mm -hmm. um, but what was great is it shows them landing in this big metropolis, they called it, you see what looks like the underside of the Daily Planet dome. Mm -hmm. And then the next panel, you see the familiar red and blue blur, a green streak, and a yellow lightning bolt racing across the city. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay then. Um, Enos, you're actually back on this side. Just back over here, man. Back over here. This is what happens when you miss staff meetings. So <laughs> uh, flash forward number six is coming out very soon. Um, we're apparently going to be getting a new look for Wally West again because you know we, 
how many new looks do we have to give them? But apparently there's also going to be some type of surprise ending, which I bet you is going to tie into Wonder Woman 750. Probably, yeah. So, which I haven't read that yet, so no spoilers here. No, I, I'm like you, picked it up, and I have it, and I ain't looked at it yet, so. Well, and it's, my understanding is the, the next revamp of the DC timeline, and they said, this is it. This is the right. new timeline, so. Uh, so all you fans out there of Amazon's The Boys TV series, we just found out that Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson are doing um, another series, The Boys Dear Becky, which will be coming from Dynamite Entertainment. And I guess, uh, and I haven't read the first series and I haven't seen a TV show, so forgive me, but apparently um, there's a character, Becky Butcher, in the very first story arc, um, and this new series is going to deal exclusively with her. Okay. So I bet that's probably going to hit just before um, The Boys Season 2 lands on Amazon. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh, um, so Empire. The Marvel solicitations for uh, April were out, and I just happened to be looking at it. So, you know, after we had Incoming, we're getting that one-shot outlawed, followed by their Empire um, series. Mm -hmm. um, so you're going to love this, Tommy, because I know this just irks you to no end. Empire <laughs> Empire is six issues just for Empire. There's at least six tie-in titles, two of which are going to be three-issue miniseries. The of other course. two, the other two are one shot. That does not count the tie-ins of Empire on the regular books. Mm -hmm. And here's what's funny: at least one of those one shots is like Empire Fantastic Four issue zero, mm -hmm. but then there's also the regular issue of Fantastic Four is an Empire crossover. Because that makes perfect sense to do. Right. Yeah. And that's just the April solicitation, so. Yeah. I mean, I try to not bash Marvel, but guys, come on. Yeah, you uh, don't need yeah. Well, that's, that's probably my biggest complaint about Marvel with the events is, you know, there's just so much of it. I mean, for the most part, you can get the entire story, you know, in the, in the miniseries of the event that they have. But it's just, if you want to read the whole thing, it's going to cost you hundreds of dollars. Well, and that's, uh, that's a point we're going to touch on with tonight's um, topic about, because uh, we're going to be revisiting the Civil War series. Yes. Um, so Swamp Thing, Twin Branches, is going to be a young adult novel that's going to retell the story of Swamp Thing following Alec Holland and his twin brother, Walker. Um, it's being written by Maggie. Maggie, I apologize. I'm about to screw your name all up. Uh, Steph Vodder. Uh, but the reason I brought this up is I've got to give DC their props for all the young adult novels they've been putting out. Because we've been saying we've got to find the new readers for comic books. We've got to find, you know, who the next generation is. And these young adult novels they've been doing is the perfect way to do it. We, there's something we brought up while you were, um, while you were on vacation, too. One of, the, uh, one of the things under new releases that night was a Black Widow Little Golden Book. Mm -hmm. that, oh, that okay. Was, that, was issued, that was, you know, of course, um, directed towards kids ages 2 to 5. And you know that's one of the things I talked about by how how much I, I was a big fan of that because you know like you said we got to get the new generation in there and this is a great way to now obviously if they're going to read the Swamp Thing young adult novel they're going to a comic shop and say can I get Swamp Thing and the dealer's going to be like I'll sell you Swamp mm -hmm. Thing I don't know if you're going to enjoy Swamp uh, <laughs> some Swamp Thing Swamp Thing but. <laughs> <laughs> they've, I, I see that they've done uh, Catwoman, they're doing a Batman, I think they've also done a Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's big yeah. kudos to both DC and Wonder Brothers for doing those. Oh, mad props to them for because that. Yeah, like that's, said. And if I may add, there's also, um, they're doing a, they have done a two-part little, kind of like, not in the digest, but it's a little bigger than that, but it's not the same size as a comic called Superman versus the Klan, which is taken yes. from the radio show right. uh, back in the late thirties and forties, which gave which uh was introduced us to uh, the late great Bud Collier, who was probably um, vocally was the one that during that period from the um, from nineteen forty one up until his death in nineteen sixty eight, he was the voice of Superman <laughs> for so many years. And a lot of you um Younger listeners uh, may not know this, but two of the most famous lines in the Superman lexicon came from the radio program. One being, up, up, up and, and away, away, because that's how they knew that he was getting fly. ready to fly, um, followed by the sound effects. And the other one, this looks like a job Not for, for Super Superman. Superman. Because was, that's how we knew he it, was changing. It was, it, was, it was just sheer brilliance on Collier's part. And uh, there were very few times he did not do it in the Flasher animation. 
if you are a Superman fan or if you are a comic fan and you are a collector, I strongly urge while you are able to get your hands on them, get the seventh, get the Superman collection, Flesher collection, uh, Warner Home Video, put them out as part of Superman's uh, 75th anniversary a few years back where you can um, have them and the how these have stood the test of time is just utterly amazing right. and 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 it is a it is a must for a superman collector and if you um like listening to audio i strongly suggest collecting the superman radio series or you can go on youtube and listen to some youtube and listen to some episodes and there is a batman team up on one of those as well right i just want to say that the radio show might have been the first time we have the Superman and Batman run into each other as both Clark and Bruce and discover who each other are because right. that was led into them doing it in the comics. Right. So, um, that actually, good poll, yes. Um, I had a thought and it just it is totally gone now. This is what age does to you. i got to start writing this stuff down when it hits. Um, so, I have one more piece of news here um, that is not comic book related, but it was so WTF that I said, I've got to talk about this. Right. Um, Video game giant Atari ah. is foraying into the, now wait for it, hotel industry. <laughs> so apparently their CEO, Fred um, Chennai, told Fortune magazine that they're going to open at least eight Atari-themed hotels in the U.S. Um, first going to break the ground in Phoenix, Arizona. Then they're going to have like one in Austin, Texas, Chicago, Denver, Las Vegas, um, San Francisco, and San Jose, and Seattle, Washington. Um, if I remember correctly, these are actually going to have like Atari games in the lobbies and in the rooms, and and I'm just like, why? I think this is going to bomb. Uh, you yeah. think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't sound like a very good idea. I mean, would I stay at an Atari themed hotel and play some Atari video games? Yeah, I probably would. Sure, but, but uh, let, let's be honest. By about day three, isn't it going to be old? Go. Yeah. yeah. Your hand going to be sore. Then. You know, all that crazy stuff that they use in the old, you know, the old stuff. And I don't matter. I don't care if you put it on free play. There's only many times I can play Dig Dug, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, um, do you guys have any news, new items that you read about you want to bring to everyone's attention? I can't think of anything. I don't want to say it was a slow news week, but it was a slow news week. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> slow. Yeah, it was kind of slow. Um, Batman well, is getting off, is going off with a bang, and, uh, um... Um, issue 86 and 87 are both off the hook. Oh, yes. And um, I took your advice and I went last week and I bought the first three issues of Legion of Superheroes. Yes. For freaking nominal. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? I mean, My yeah. God. I have not read three yet. Oh, wait till you read oh, three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three, three, yeah. Is, three is sitting right there, so do not tell me it's, anything about it. It's especially, oh God, especially that bit at the end. But yeah, well, remember I was saying last week um, when Brian Michael Bendis first announced he was coming to DC, right. the pitch was Legion of Superheroes. Right. Superman and Action were to get to Legion. That right. Legion was what he always wanted. And it, and it shows. You can tell he's been thinking about this a long time. Oh, yeah. Still awaiting the appearance of the man, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> Matter either <laughs> less. hasn't showed up yet, and then we're still waiting. Come on, well, Ryan. I, I, Give the people what we need. <laughs> I'm glad to see, though, that they have made John the new Superboy. Right. Absolutely. It, it, it just seemed like it's only right. But um, wouldn't, wouldn't you like that? I like the way, way Super, Superman is going right now. But, God, if John Byrne ever decided to come back and do it, oh, can you imagine? Right. And it's funny, too. This Legion of Superheroes book now totally makes sense as to why John got aged to a teenager yeah. suddenly in the book of yeah. in Superman because you can't have an eight-year-old no. in Legion of Superheroes, but you can have a 13-year-old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did they age him to how was 16? Yeah, something. Yeah, he's a teenager. Yeah. Because I just remember when Damien sees him, he's like, wait, why are you a teenager? Why? <laughs> to knock your head off. No, I'm just right. <laughs> so, um, also... Um, while it's not comic book related, we do want to convey our condolences to the family of Kobe Bryant yes. and everyone else tragically lost in that helicopter accident. Yes. That's, I, I've been on one helicopter, and I can tell you there are times you're wondering what is keeping it up there. Uh, yeah. I've never been on one. Um, you know, I, was, I, was, I haven't either. The, the, Kobe's death really, really shook me because he was only a year younger than me. Right. So that was, that was, uh, that, that's, that was crazy. Yeah, on my show, uh, 
Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. We, we got you, man. All right. <clears throat> On my show yesterday, I talked about how uh, uh, my experience in the Navy told me one, taught me one really good lesson. It's like, never get on a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, that's another story when they were filming the Lord of the Rings series. Sean Bean is terrified of helicopters. And one of the location suits required everybody to get on a helicopter and to be lifted to the site every day. And he was like, nope. So he was setting out, like, I think two hours before everybody else to hike up to the chute because right. he was not riding in the helicopter. Mm. Randy's the kind of guy that watched all the bonus material at the end of Lord of the Rings. All right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And because he probably, he's probably, probably watched the extended version and then the bonus. All material. three movies were nine hours. The extra edition stuff makes it another twelve. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, That's I commitment, buddy. I, I only know because I also watched all that stuff. Too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So new releases this week. Uh, the only thing that I made note of is Ravencroft number one, and that's only because. I read the whole thing about the Ravencroft Sabretooth and then the Ravencroft Dracula and the fact that big bombs were coming out of both of those books. So mm -hmm. I figured maybe if you've read those, you should pick up Ravencroft number one. Um, Enos, who is that great little site you found last week? Uh, it is leagueofcomicgeeks.com. There we go. And I have it up where just to give you... Um, the listeners and watchers, the idea of what we what is out this week, and I feel like kicking myself because I knew Thor was coming out and I didn't tell them hold it for me, but oh well. Thor number two. No, yeah. So you were you not here yet when we were talking about the the Black Winter? And, I, I was listening to then, Black Winter, <laughs> and I, they revealed that it destroyed the DC universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I read about that. that All right, guys, this week is part of the new releases. We've got Detective Comics Annual Number Three. The Flash 87, Action Comics number 1019, X-Men number 5, Justice League 89, Immortal Hulk number 30, Avengers 30, Sex Criminals number 26, X-Force 6, New Mutants 6, um, number 6 as well, Justice League Dark number 19, um, Captain America 18, uh, Outcast number 44, and as we just mentioned, Thor number 2. Great book, ladies and gentlemen. Please pick that up and read it. Great storyline. I enjoyed number 1. I haven't read number 2 yet, but number 1 was good. Good yes. start. Uh, Star Wars number 2, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 102, and um, let's see here, Conan the Barbarian... It just went zap. Okay, Conan the Barbarian. The latest Conan, Conan the Barbarian just went zap. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange, number two. Suicide Squad, number two. Um, Hawkeye, Brother, free ball. Free I, ball, I love you, but you're going to take the whole show. Oh, no, no. I'm just, I, was, I wasn't going to tell everything. But it's um, just to give you an idea, if you want to know what's coming out, LeagueofGeeks.com, it gives you the entire rundown from every publisher, cover illustrations, so you know what you're picking up. Yep, check them out every Wednesday, guys. They, they, they might actually push it out on Tuesday evening, too, get a right. bit of a jump of the head. Are, are we just going to go right past the part where Enos said free ball? I didn't even... Well, you know, Enos was going so quick there. I was still trying to get past uh, Conan the Barbarian just went zap. Uh, free fall. <laughs> I meant to say free fall. All right. Hey, if, hey, if Enos free balls it, that's his business, not uh, mine. Okay. And another one worth mentioning, Captain Marvel, The End. Another one in the Marvel Comics, The End uh, comes up. Oh, that's oh, right. This, I forgot all about that. It's, it's available this week. So, so um, for you guys who hadn't kept kept up with this, The End that Marvel is doing is going to be a series of, of one-shots, right? Right. Where they tell us how um, certain characters in the Marvel history meet their final demise which is years and years down the, down the road. I think they're set so far in the future that they admitted that no one is going to be around. Right. All right. Hey, hey, man. Why don't you tell our listeners who brought us the show this week? I'll most gladly do that. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's episode of Lost in the Long Box is brought to you by Flashback Comics. Isn't that lovely? Hmm? Located on 3112 PS Business Drive just off Smoketown Road in Woodbridge, Virginia. They have a new array of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. Isn't that delightful? They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And when you go and visit, tell Troy, Lost in the Long Box sent you. Also, by the way, yesterday was Troy's birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Troy. Happy birthday, Troy. If you would like to give Troy a birthday present, you can do so by going into... 
flashback comics and buying some buying, comics. Buying some comics. All right, exactly. There you go. That'd be a great birthday present. Um, but no, actually, in all seriousness, Troy is a great guy. Um, just be prepared to lose a lot of time to Troy if you start talking to him about comics. And it's all time well spent, trust me. You will ask him about one any other character, and he'll mention a story that you're like, oh my God, I haven't read that in years. Yeah. And then can tell you that the six other stories that tied back to it, and you'd be like, oh my God, I haven't read those. Yeah, so, one does not just run run into flashback one comics. One does just not walk for, into for flashback five, For five minutes. Yes. I'm just going to run in there. It'll be five minutes. Nope. Right. Nope. That's why I haven't taken Josie with me, because I'm like, right. I know that I'll come in and she'll be peed in the car. You got something for show and tell? Hey, uh, oh, I do. what was that voice you did? Was that Jordan Peterson? No. Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian. Oh, okay. All right. Begin more than you for space. All right, so I have this issue. I love this issue. All right. We're going to get to the part of the show that's gotten really popular, both with some of our listeners slash viewers and us, actually. And it is the show and tell. And this one is... Um, Action Comics 484. Oops. Yeah, oops. Um, which is Superman Takes a Bride. Now, the great thing about this, guys, um, it looks like, of course, he is marrying Lois Lane. But two things you need to pay attention to here is, A, you don't see his S symbol. And you know why? Because it is done in the Earth 2 style. And you know this because if you look down... It's the Daily, Daily Star, Star. Yeah. not the Daily Planet. Very subtle. Yeah. So this is actually Superman marrying Lois Lane of Earth 2, which in the DC history of this day and age, Earth 2 heroes came before Earth 1. They were the original the versions. original Golden Age characters. So why weren't they called Earth 1? I I, no well, idea. and they asked that too, because they even said that in one of the stories, like, we came first, and why do we get billed as Earth 2 and they're Earth 1? Well, I guess the argument is because Earth One found them, so they get to do the naming, right? I don't. I don't care how strong you are, Superman. You can't. You can't carry somebody and fly like that. That's a very awkward no, sitting right. position. Not not on your bicep. It's yeah. Well, not to mention too, he's got the car in the left hand as well. Yeah. So, now you can hold somebody that way because I've seen it done. Um, I, I've seen some cosplayers at Dragon Con, very big, muscular men, pick up women and hold them on their arm like that for a picture, but not move with them. Yeah, yeah. flying. You never yeah. saw one flying with yeah, you. That's no. The centrifugal force of pulling. I've never seen a man fly. Period. Right. I, even though they that was a tagline, you will believe a man could fly. And I'm like, I can see the wire. All right. Um, if I may say, add, Randy, there's something significant about that issue, um, in the. This came out in the well, spring of 78. During that time, DC Comics increased to uh, 50 cents and doubled in size. And they, and Superman fit, had a backup feature called Mr. And Mrs. Superman, which, right. which um, this story was the springboard for. And the cover was done, as you can see, by one of the most... Uh, we, we've talked about unsung artists before, but this guy really does not get his due. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Oh, absolutely. And Dick Giordano did the inks on this. And uh, I, I loved... It was a great story and a um, great cover. Yep. Um, next up on... <coughs> excuse me. Next up on the palette. Um, this is a great book as well. Um... Oh, this is, ah, oh, it's got one of my favorites on it, too, Phantom Lady. Mad Men has brought in Justice League 107. I like this one. Yeah, this is... Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters, baby. Absolutely. Yep. I love um, me some Uncle Sam. And as you can see, I'm getting into that era with my Justice Leagues where they're going to be doubling. They're going to be, like, yes. double the size in 50 cents. Uh, for you guys out there who don't know, on the Freedom Fighters were on Earth-X where Nazi Germany had won World War II. Um, so, but yeah, this right here, Phantom Lady, is one of my favorite characters for Phantom Lady 17 and yes, the indeed. Seduction of the Innocent cover. Yep. Huh. Look at Doll Man. What are you going to do, Doll Man? Right. <laughs> he's holding up the earth. That, that is what are you going to do, That Doll is Man? one of those characters where you just look down like, he's Doll Man. It's like, it's how, more like, how yeah. tough can he be? Right. He's named Doll Man. <laughs> the thing about the Adam is the Adam can go Adam's size, so that's right. actually useful. Well, remember, too, he had that unique thing with his dwarf star matter that when he jumped at you to swing a punch, he, he could go density. from five Ultra ounces to his yeah. full 180 pounds. So that's a good book, Madman. Um, Doll Man. What, what kind of thing can you do, Doll Man? And other, Tommy. Other than freak people out. Tommy decided it was his turn to win this week, so we'll <laughs> let him have it. He has Marvel Superheroes number 13, the second appearance of Captain Marvel, and it is graded 5.5. This is also the first appearance of Carol Danvers. Yes. Are, are there notes why, why it's 5.5? Uh, 
Uh, I will tell you that yes. CDC usually gives you notes, um, but he doesn't have them. It does say off-white pages, and it says second appearance Carol Danvers. I'm oh, sorry, first appearance Carol Danvers, second appearance of Captain Marvel, um, letter from Dave Cockrum. Uh, but it doesn't actually say, other than condition-wise, why it gets a 5.5. Because, I mean, it looks better than 5.5 from my angle. It's a, it's a nice 5.5. It, it's a great book. Uh, well, you know, and for you guys out there who have not joined our Patreon, if you become a patron of Lost in the Longbox, we do a video where we talk about the merits of the CDC rating and how they're being done. Because sometimes you get a 4.0 book that you look at it and like, why is this a 4.0 book? Or a 5.5. Or you a 5.5. Yeah. Uh, but yes, guys, um, especially with the... Um, the heat of the Carol Danvers Captain Marvel character. This is her first appearance. This is where we first see Carol Danvers. And I think issue 17 of this is where she gets exposed, right, to the radiation? Uh, not in this. This, this. this is uh, Marvel superheroes. I mean, I'm saying, is You're issue... talking about Captain Marvel 18. Oh, is it Captain Marvel yeah, 18? Yeah, it's, it's okay. Captain Marvel's 18. The issue before this was the first appearance of Captain right. Marvel, which I also have. So... Thanks You're to welcome. You. Thanks to you. Uh, which we'll tell that story at another time. So, guys, if you were into Carol Danvers, this is a must-have issue for you because it's her first appearance. And then you go and you get the regular Captain Marvel series 18 where she gets exposed to the radiation and gives her her powers, much like the way they stole it for the movie, actually. All right, so, Tommy, there is your book. Thank Very you, nice. sir. Um, I did not bring a book for show and tell because... For our subject today, we're going to be revisiting the Civil War um, miniseries by Marvel. And I'm actually going to be putting up each issue on the thing as we talk about it. So, Madman, as we talk about it, I put them up there. And, and Madman, if you, if, you if you wish to know, the reason it got a 5.5 is the following. Heavy crease left top of back cover. Light color lift full left front of cover. Very small chip out of left bottom of the spine. No. Very small multiple crease full front Full right front of uh, front cover breaks color. And by, and by the way, guys, the way he got that is you have to be uh, a member of CGC, and then you can go to their website and get the grading notes. Yeah, I, I, I was able to get my, the grader notes on my. And that's not the free membership. That's the no. This is one. this is the free one. Oh, is it the free this, one? Okay. This is the free nice. one. Now on my older grades, that I'd have to pay for them. Okay, gotcha. But. All right, so in two thousand six, two thousand seven, maybe that time frame, I believe. Marvel did a really great miniseries called Civil War. Um, and yes, it is the same Civil War as we got in the movie, but the story is radically, radically different than what you got in the movie. In fact, yes. it's much better. Um, I was really hoping when they were making Civil War that they were going to make this one, but we all knew that couldn't happen. So we're going to dive right into it by talking about the series, starting with issue one. Um, the series was written by Mark Millar, illustrated by Steve McNiven. I believe, uh, believe the um, colorist or letterer was Dexter Vines. Tommy's got the, uh, the uh, trade there. And Maury Hollowell. Which one's which? I know one's colorist and one's letter. Uh, let's see here. Millar, penciler, McVine. McNiven. Anchor is Dexter Vines there with Mark Morales, Steve McNiven, John Dell, and Tim Townsend. Awesome. Okay, great. So, issue one of Civil War starts off fantastic. Um, back in the, God, maybe late 70s, early 80s, Marvel had a series called New Warriors. Um, and they were... It was in the 80s, my man. I said late 70s, early 80s. It wasn't in the 70s. It was in the 80s. New Warriors. It was late 80s, early 90s. No, not Civil War. New Warriors. I'm sorry, Warriors. New Warriors. Oh, New Warriors, my bad. Yeah, okay. New Warriors. New Warriors anyway, was in 1991. I stand yeah, correct. Because I bought issue number one at Food Lion, son. Yeah. All right, well. Yeah. See, I am older than you, and the second thing that goes is memory. Apparently. So, in <laughs> the New Warriors was uh, consisted of all those B-grade, almost a teen superheroes like Namorita and Speedball and um, uh, Nightcrasher. The series itself did really well. It went for like three or four years, didn't it? Yep. Yeah, several um, years. It was a good series. I enjoyed it. But by the time Civil War One comes out, New Warriors has now been reduced to a reality TV show. And they're actually literally just running down villains and busting them and bringing them in for the sake of the TV show. Um, well, in New Warriors or Civil War Number 1, you find that they have found a house where there's some villains hidden, namely Nitro, Cobalt Man, Coldheart, and Speed Freak. 
and they even say at the very beginning of this, how much this is going to boost their ratings. So as they're standing outside talking about it with the school camera, um, Coldheart, who's outside emptying the trash of all things, sees them across the road, runs in and says, we've been spotted, everybody get in a costume. And as you can imagine, the fighty fight ensues and they all come out and they're fighting the new warriors. This was um, really weird for me because I had been out of reading comics for like nine years right. when I read this. And suddenly Namorita's blue. Night Thrasher's a woman. Right. I, I was like, oh, okay, this a lot has changed. And they called her Bondage Queen. Bondage Queen. I was like, <laughs> quite a bit has changed like, since like, I read the New Warriors. Well, last. I love the part where she goes, can we edit out the part where he called me Bondage Queen? Right, and the part where they say, I didn't get that line. Can you say it again? Sure. Right. Yeah, Speedball punches a guy and says something at the end of this punch, and the cameraman is right there. Is like, sound went out. Can you say that last part again? And he's like, sure. And he punches the guy again and, and says Yeah, it. that was pretty great. Uh, but here's um, what happened. As they're fighting these uh, group of villains, Nitro takes off and starts running across the road, and Namorita says, I've got him. Well, and you can clearly see this coming before it even happens. Um, Nitro's running across the street straight towards the school bus, and you see the school play yard behind him. Now, foreshadowing be damned, you know it's coming, but you still don't see it coming. He explodes as Namorita hits him and decimates the entire school in the process. Um, and you find out on um, the spread page um, afterwards with Tony Stark, Captain America, all the Avengers, everybody cleaning up, that the death toll was eight to 900 people dead, and, and most of them being school most children. Most of them children, yeah. So this fires off the Superhuman Registration Act. Um, now, in Marvel Comics, they have talked about this for years, about do we need to make our heroes tell us who they are and register with the government to operate? This is the book that finally gives that movement um, fuel for the fire. Yeah, we talked about it in an earlier episode. You first hear about the, uh, the Superhuman Registration Act way back in 1989 right. during the events of um, Acts of Vengeance. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, it's in the Fantastic Four comics because you know the Fantastic Four traveled to D.C. to you know testify on Capitol Hill about what they think of the Superhero Registration Act. And uh, a couple of the key points out of this issue is um, is they're at the funeral for one of the sons that's uh, killed in the uh, Nitro's explosion, and this woman comes up and she spits on Tony Stark and basically says, his death is on your shoulders. And he's like, you know, man, this didn't involve the Avengers. We weren't there. But she quickly points out to him, yeah, but you're the one who funds the Avengers. You teach these people that it's okay to just put on a costume and go fight crime, and this is why it gets us. So that's a very poignant scene because it has an effect on Iron Man, which fires off the, the rest of this series. Mm -hmm. Then there's a really powerful scene where Human Torch goes to meet his girlfriend and gets attacked by a group of uh, bystanders at a club because... He's a celebrity, they're letting him rock right in. And everybody's like, why does he get to go in? We've been waiting here two hours. And it's basically a hate crime. They attack him and hospitalize him. Oh, yeah, he gets uh, the daylight. For being a superhero. Um, so that was issue one. What, what takeaways do you guys have from that? Well, there was a little more, because remember Maria Hill, in issue one, Maria Hill comes to Cap about the registration act. Right. And he's like, no. Yeah, um, no. You, the one thing that stood out about that first part is you knew where Captain America stood right then and there there was no debate there was no no looking at all sides captain america said no and that is where he stood right. there was no explanation yeah. other than i fought my entire life to keep governments from doing this no no, no. exactly right uh, wait, wait there's one thing i want to read in here let me see if i can find it here because and then he landed the jet in a football field. This is Captain America because he hijacked it. Hijacked a jet. Right. He landed jet in the football field before taking the pilot for a hamburger and fries. Right. Now here's what's great about that scene. Um, this is when Cap has met That's with Maria Hill, Cap. and at this point, Maria Hill is director of Shield because um, Nicholas Nick Cage is gone. No one Nick knows Cage. where he is. Um, but when he says no, this is not going to happen, he jumps out. She calls in an airstrike, and he jumps on. The, uh, the plane, and that's what he kidnaps. Right. And that meeting that Tom is referring to is in the White House at the end um, with Iron Man, Reed Richards, and Yellow Jacket. Because it's mm -hmm. like, let us worry about Cap. And that's when you know right then and there, this is going to get ugly and it's going to yeah. get ugly I fast. I want Captain right. America to take me out for a burger and fries. A absolutely. So then we get into issue two. Mad Men, if you will. Issue two is also a very um, important issue in this series. 
Um, because we find out, um, and the S.H.I.E.L.D. has figured this out as well, that Cap's not working alone. Because they talk about all these villains that he's brought down, like in the space of 72 hours, and Maria Hill goes, no way, there's no, he, one man cannot do this, I don't care who he is, she goes, he's got help. And this is when we find out that his secret Avengers basically consists of, of him, Daredevil, Hercules, Goliath, Cloak and Dagger, and Wiccan. And that's the only ones we clearly see in issue two. Trust me, a lot more are going to enter this oh, yeah. battle um, before the issue's done, before the series is done. Um, Reed Richards has sided with Iron Man, totally believes that he's correct, and I believe this is, in this issue is where the mutant, or the registration that goes into law, that issue, right? Right. Um, like the night before. You find out that in his lab, Reed has a CD just labeled number 42. And when Sue goes to ask him what, is, what this is, he basically slaps her hands and goes, sorry, honey, that's uh, classified and you can't see it. It's like only the men folk. Mm, right. Yeah. And, and that... Sorry, ladies. That that's not also, really what happened. I mean, that also sets up yeah. what you know is going to be huge down the road. Because she's like, she's basically told, don't look at that. It's not your business. Right. And she's like, it's in my house. I think it's my business. But mm, right. she doesn't actually have that. But the big... Big thing that come out of the, came out of this issue is Tony Stark has this press conference where he's basically saying Superhuman Registration Act has come in, you know, is now law. Everybody's got to be registered with the government. We need to know who your identities are. Um, and to show you that everyone who's been doing this for a while, that there are people who agree with us, Spider-Man comes out and reveals that he's Peter Parker, um, which at that the time was, was a big reveal. That was a big reveal, yeah. That was, that was big. Well, it's not only huge for this series, but it's huge for Marvel Comics, period. Right. Because there's even a scene where Cap even says, what does Mary Jane and Aunt May think of this? Um, right. Mm. So, right. And that will have ramifications that we will talk to down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serious ramifications. Absolutely. What else, guys, on issue two? Uh, let's see. Let's see. I know you got, I know this, because I'm trying to not take all the great points <laughs> of the story, because I know you guys are looking at some, too, that you're like, wow, i got to make sure we talk about that. Uh Let's see here. Let me look back a little bit. Yeah, you're starting to see the tension between Reed and Sue, which right. is great. Um, and the Iron, uh, the Iron Spider makes his debut in there as well. Yeah, Iron Spider. Um, Yatsu showed up in the last one, so that's when you knew oh, things were going. Oh yeah, that's he when you showed knew up in it issue was one, So you knew things were going to go down when the Watcher shows up. Well, and it's yeah. great because they ask who is that guy, and Reed says he's the Watcher. He only shows up to observe things, which and he's basically telling the group this means this is serious and it's going to have uh, long lasting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the young Avengers get captured, but are but they are but they are rescued because it looks like they're they, oh cause they're right because they're, totally, si they're siding with Cap. I totally forgot about that. Cap steals. The, the shield, basically, uh, paddy wagon that the uh, New Warriors are in, or mm -hmm. the, the and uses Wiccan to create the teleport pad that takes him away. And he tells him at the end, welcome to the Resistance. That's right. So we got the Young Adventures, Hawkling, Hawk, uh, Hawkling. Hawkling. Let's try that again here. Wiccan, um, what was, uh, was Ant-Man's daughter's name? Cassie. 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 What, was, what was her superhero's name? I don't remember. Uh... I, I didn't I, read the Young Avengers, so I, I had it just recently because what is her name? Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, it was Cassie Sandsmark? It's gonna it's character. gonna come to me because she comes. She has a major play later. Uh, I'll just tell you now. She ends up switching sides. Yeah, she does. Um, and that's why that's why I'm remembering it. Um, but if we go to issue three, Batman, if you please. My good man. There we go. Issue three. A couple of big things happen in issue three, too. Uh, guys, I got to tell you, if you haven't read this, go out and get to trade. Because I read this when it originally came out, but just rereading it this week, I'm like, damn, this was a good story. It was. It was fantastic. I enjoyed every minute of it. I actually read this, uh, started reading this last night, thinking, well, I'll, you know, I'll just skim through it. I don't need to read the whole thing. I've already read it once. You know, I'll just skim through it. That'll be fine. Yep. Sat down, read the whole thing. And then you're like, wow, this is really good. Yeah, so, once I started, I couldn't stop. So so the big things that happen in, in issue three, and I really love this part, is there's two meetings. One of them is Reed Richards talking to Black Panther in Wakanda about what's going on and which side he need to be on. And Black Panther straight up tells him, no. We're not getting involved. He goes, we don't like it when the U.S. interferes with Wakandian affairs, and we're pretty certain you're not going to like us doing the same thing. Exactly. Uh, so that was a great scene. The second one is where Iron Man meets with Emma Frost, who is now leading Xavier School for New Mutants with Cyclops, of all people. Mm -hmm. um, and she basically tells Tony Stark, we're staying out of it. 
She goes, we're not going to um, join either side. All we're asking is that don't come after us, leave us alone, and we're not going to help your Star Spangled problem, you know. You know, and just off on a, getting off on a side note, this is when the time period when Cyclops starts to become a total badass. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. If you were an X-Men fan during this time, Cyclops just becomes the man. He shifted in the fifth game on that on Yeah, that he one. did. Oh, my God, during this time period. Well, remember, this, this will lead up to the whole... Um, Age of X thing, or AVX, with the whole Phoenix power coming yep. back to Earth, then Scott saying, we'll handle it. You guys have always interfered. We don't need to. This, this is, is a mutant business. matter. That's yes. right. Oh, my God. I loved I loved Scott during this time. I was like, he is just a badass is badass. Now, another great thing that happens in issue three here, um, meanwhile, as these meetings are going on, also, and I need to touch on this really quickly, um, after Emma Frost has told Iron Man, no, we're not taking part, just leave us alone, or we're not going to take a side, as Iron Man is leaving, you see Bishop come to Iron Man and says, can I talk to you? And they don't pick that up. Did you yeah, know? I don't, I, I don't, yeah, that was the last we saw of it, because I don't think we see Bishop again in this series. And nope. you don't find out what that conversation was about. So I don't know if there was something that went on during the X books or, or you know, that they crossed over in or what, it, but it you had do to come not in, see Bishop again in, the, in this It had to come into play later, series. because I made a note of it, and then you don't see him the rest of the series. Yeah, so right. I guess they just decided, yeah, we're not going to worry about Bishop. Well, He's not a great character. There, remember, there's a bunch of spinoffs, including there's some Iron Man's Civil War spinoffs, so it might get addressed in there. Yeah, him and his Jerry Curl mullet can just disappear. Right. Right. But the other thing that happens, um, so Captain America has gotten his uh, secret identity <laughs> along with uh, Daredevil, Yellow Jacket, and I forget who. They're basically having lunch at a diner when they get word of a huge chemical fire at a place called Geffenmeyer Chemicals. And a, there's like a couple hundred people trapped in there. So they say, okay, we got to go into action. They suit up. They go to Geffenmeyer Chemicals. The place is ablaze. It's like, you know, hell on earth. And there's nobody there. And they realize, they look down, and the sign says, a Stark Industries company. Yeah, we find out the cable's uh, on, to, on yeah. Team Cap's side. So, that it's was... Been, it, so it was totally a setup. Um, now, the reason this becomes huge is because there's one part where they're fighting. Iron Man tells Cap, you know, Steve, we're not here to take you in. He goes, we're just here to talk. He goes, I had to stay just to get you here to get your attention. He goes, please, for the friends we were, let's talk about this. So he goes to shake his hand, and Cap slips um, basically um, a unit on his hand from old shield tech to uh, short out the electrical systems on his armor. Um, meanwhile, Maria Hill, who is still director of S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point, says that stand down, Code Lightning is still in play. You know, that's going to get first priority. Mm -hmm. And you think, well, what is this Code Lightning? It can't be Iron Man because he's down for the count. He's just, you know, had his armor in all fight. When all of a sudden, at the very end of this battle, you see this huge bolt of lightning hit. And who's standing there but the own son himself? Which, apparently, and like I said, it had been nine years since I'd read, he had disappeared. No. Right. At this and, point. And they even say that in the yeah, next they, issue. They point it, point it, Thor, point we thought you were dead. Where have you been? Yeah, because after Avengers disassembled, Thor, um, the, Ragnarok took place, coincidentally, which was the, uh, coincidentally, which will be brought up in a very few minutes, Ragnarok was actually the name of who we thought was Thor. Right. Well, now, hang on. We're going to get into that. Issue right. four, Mad Men, if you please. So, here's where things really start to go to hell in a handbasket. It's the fan. So, um, Thor, who has shown up, and everybody's like, you know, where did you come from? Starts whipping ass on everybody. There's a, a scene where he straight up throws his hammer, and it goes through the path of the Secret Avengers, uh, which is Cap's team. And you see them all get scattered, you know, every which way they can. Um, during the fight, he calls down the lightning, and he kills Goliath. Straight up, just in half, kills him. Um, and this is when some of the people on Iron Man's side start going, this isn't right. What right. are we doing? Right. Um, they're like, oh, my God, we got to get out of here. Dagger, who is on Cap's team, is saying, we need to retreat. we got to get out of here to get everybody together. And then all of a sudden, here comes this big bolt of lightning from Thor. You're thinking, they're toast. And all of a sudden, it stopped. And you see, when the smoke clears, this invisible shield over it. And there's Sue Storm, who is supposed to be on Thor's side. Because remember, Reed is on Team Thor, and she's been in the background. Mm -hmm. She looks at them looks at them, and she says, go. Um, and so they do. They get out of there. Um, and then there's a really great scene um, where um, Spider-Man straight up says to Tony, 
I thought you knew what you were doing, Tony. He goes, wasn't the whole goal here was to not cause any more harm, to not hurt anybody? Uh, and there's Goliath flying dead. So this is the first time that we start seeing Spider-Man question what they're doing. Right. This was a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty big issue. This was like a, you, you got a, a big emotional impact here. Right. Because Bill Foster, you know, you know, was friends with a lot of people on both sides. And well, two other big things happen out of this too. Um, Sue leaves Reed. Yeah. Yes. There's a great two-page. Um, storyline where you see they're, they're living after their lives and it's all the, the whole handwritten letter which she's talking right. to Reed and she's telling him why she's leaving him but the end line is I'm trusting you to fix this Reed um, right so you know you know there's hope for them yet right and, and this is also the issue where Spider-Man is asking um, um, Yellow Jacket Hank do you question if we're doing the right side if we're on the right you know if we're on the right side of this and then to make matters even worse this issue closes with Maria Hill showing us the new Thunderbolts that have been assembled to help Cap's or Iron Man's team, and it is straight up villains. It's Bullseye, Taskmaster, it looks like Venom, looks like Rogue, um, I think it's Jack O' Lantern, Constrictor. I'm not real sure, but I think it's Elektra in the background as well. Yeah, we got um, Lady Deathstrike, uh, Venom, Bullseye, uh, as you said, Taskmaster. Um, yes. I guess that is rogue. I don't know. I mean, I didn't I, think it's it really hard to tell rogue. based Jack on Jack O' Lantern. But it's just enough that you see that and go, yeah, okay, that's this, rogue. Yeah. All right. Cool. And um, this is looks like this is the Matt Gargan version of uh, the, Venom, Scorpion, of, Venom. the Scorpion version of, oh, yeah. of Venom, not okay, the Eddie Brock version. And then we get to issue five. Now, Tommy, this is what I was talking about earlier. So, Madden, let me go ahead and throw issue five down here, if you would be so kind. Um, so here's what happens. Issue four, we have all this happens where Thor has killed Goliath, Sue has left Reed, um, Spider-Man has questioned, you know, what side is he fighting on. And then when we get issue five, there apparently is a gap somewhere in the series that must have been in some one-shots or some tie-ins because issue five clearly opens with Sue and Johnny on the run. And we do have to back up here. Johnny Storm gets hospitalized after he's attacked in issue one. In issue two, when Reed is talking to Black Panther, he asks, how is Johnny? And he makes an off-the-cuff remark, oh, he's fine, Sue's been visiting, blah, blah, blah. And Black Panther gives him a piece of advice, and he's like, call call the hospital, go see him, oh, type yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, and then I believe at the end of issue four, Johnny Storm is now walking the halls of the hospital, and he goes, where's my sister? So suddenly now in issue five, they're both on the run. He's got his flame powers. He's flying. He's carrying Sue. He goes, don't worry, sis. So we're like, okay, now he's back in costume. They've hooked back up. Then there's also clear mention of their new jail facility, which is the number 42 that we 42. see earlier. And it is now up and running. Um, and it's in a negative zone of all places. So if you're reading just Civil War, you're immediately lost. Comes like, well, wait a minute. When did the jail get stood up? When did Sue and Johnny get hooked back up? And it's obviously um, from a Civil War tie-in that's not part of this. So, but what do you got there? Is that what you're showing? See, I, the return. That, that's what, yeah, I was. This was the one shot that tied in everything because everyone was trying to find out, find out who the warden was at the vault. And okay. come to find out, it was revealed the the warden was none other than Marvell, Mar or so we thought. Okay. Yeah, he ended up being the scroll, right? Yeah. Right. So and, guys, and, and, and that's why I bought this because this because um it um this book has Civil the Return and the six issue miniseries after Civil War that dealt with Kinnear, the scroll who we thought All was right, cool. uh So there is Enos brought in a hardcover of Captain Marvel Secret Invasion, which is actually a storyline by Brian Michael Bendis that takes place after Civil War. Several years later. But it does answer some of the questions that went on in Civil War. Um, you can totally read Civil War by itself and enjoy it, but you will occasionally get that issue where you go, huh, how did we get to here? And that's because some of the tie-ins and other miniseries um, touch on story points that weren't covered in the main series, which actually kind of irks me the hell off. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But so that's the reason why I brought it because it, because just as you clearly stated, Randy, um, there was a lot of scuttlebutt in the store in the Civil War storyline with the tie-ins that if you um, if you missed one, you, you got lost. You were lost, right? Um, here you go, Tommy. Um, Cassie Sandsmark is stature. stature. Stature, okay. Because issue five here 
is where Nighthawk and Stature leave Caps and change to Tony Stark's side. Because in issue four, Cassie even straight up says something about not wanting to end up as Goliath. She's scared. Right, she's scared. Of course she's scared. She's a young child. Yeah. Right. And she says, well, you know, maybe there, there's something to be registered and, and have people know who I am because it means now I have protection as well. Yeah. Um, but the other great thing that really happens in this is Peter Parker, Spider-Man, has told Tony, that's it, I'm out. There's a great fight between the two of them in yes. Avengers Tower. Spider-Man goes into the sewers and... Maria Hill and S.H.I.E.L.D. send, of all people, Jester and Jack-O-Lantern to apprehend him. And they are actually deputized members of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they have yeah, registered with the act. So, yeah, they are the Thunderbolts. Uh, but they beat him really bad. I mean, they pretty much kill him. They're about ready to kill him when they get to orders like, no, your S.H.I.E.L.D., stand down, we don't kill. Um, uh, so what's really great about this is as Captain America and his group are talking, the elevator opens up and none other than the Punisher brings Spider-Man's body into Cap Secret Avenger and says, you need to get me a doctor now. Yeah. That's how bad well, Frank he is. Castle comes to save the day. Right. You know, there was bad. one but there was one part in here I did that that I thought was funny when they were because they set up everyone with alternate identities and they set up Johnny as Sue as like oh, a yeah, married couple. Married couple. He's like, why could we have been brother and why sister? Why could we brother and sister? This is creepy. <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. The other great thing that happens here in issue five is we actually get our first glimpse of number 42 and just how massive it is mm -hmm. because Daredevil gets caught and taken in. Yes. Um, and then we jump to issue six. going to move a little bit quickly here because we are running short of well, time. We, yes? do, we want to, do we want to point out the, the, the scene here with Tigra on the cell phone? Oh, yes. That comes That's a pretty important. In issue important. six, there is a great thing when Frank Castle got there and he's with Spider-Man. You see Tigra in the corner on her cell phone. Um, foreshadowing dun, 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 dun. something that comes later <laughs> something ominous is going to happen um, but issue 6 um, is actually pretty good you see the Punisher has broken into the Baxter building because they know they need to steal the plans for number 42 is that if they're going to get into the, the prison and free anybody and have a fighting chance they need to get in there so the Punisher goes into the Baxter building meanwhile you see Sue Storm is meeting with Namor, trying to enlist Atlantis into the fight. Um, and what's really funny, this is also the issue where Black Panther rescinds his original stance. Because now that Goliath is dead, he says, okay, now you're killing your own kind because right. we're getting involved. Start, you had the full back and Storm and I and all of Wakanda. One of the things that I liked about, about this issue, too, because it's just Namor being Namor. Namor. Right. And it's like, because he, he's like, Yo, I can't believe Cap would take advantage of our relationship. And, and she's like, like, what relationship? Like, what relationship? <laughs> he goes, since we don't have a relationship, he goes, and, he's, and, and what was he says here? Because I can, I can feel your heartbeat through the water, Miss Richards. It tells a very different story from the right. lies upon your lips. I'm yes. like, oh, that's just classic well, Namor. And he's touching back to that's the fact just classic that Namor. there was a time when she would have left Reed for Namor. If, I got I got to say, right? Namor is one of the most arrogant cusses on yeah, the face in yeah. yeah, yeah. all the comics, and I love it. I love it. So what's really great about issue 6-2 is it happens. They get into number 42, the big prison in, in, in the uh, negative zone. They're about ready to have the big fighty fight when Iron Man says, we knew where you're coming. He goes, we've known for days what your plan is because we have a spy on your side. And he goes, Tigra? And, she, and uh, Cap goes, oh, we've known about Tigra. And she's like, excuse me? Hmm. And he goes, could you see... We had a spy, too. And then you find out that um, Hank Pym, uh, Yellowjack on her <laughs> side, is not Hank Pym. It's actually Hulkling, who disappeared like an issue, too, because he infiltrates um, Iron Man's team, becomes um, uh, Hank Pym, and then it dawns on him, wait a minute, if he just simulated... Um, Hank Pym, that means he has all of his access, which means he can ching ching, ching open the prison open cells. The cells. And that's exactly what happens because then we get to issue seven and it all breaks loose. Issue seven, the cells open up and they get into their fight. Um, now, here's what's really great about this. Meanwhile, the fight is happening in um, number 42. They're having their big battle, and Maria Hill has her, again, her lackeys and shield start rerouting power to close down Reed Richards' portals because they discover there's only two ways into number 42. They've gotten one. They didn't find the other one, the back door. So she's telling them, you need to shut it down. Uh, well, they find out that's what's going on. Dagger um, sends out a communication to Cloak, basically being radio. Goes, I need you to prepare to make the biggest tele teleport you ever have. 
And he's like, I don't know if I can do this. She's like, you need to, or it's going to be over right here. So there's probably <laughs> over 100 people in number 42, the prison, when Cloak pulls them all in and teleports them, and they all drop right in the middle of Manhattan Island. Mm -hmm. And the fight goes on there. And there's even a great scene as they're all falling, both sides, and Cap yells, friends, grab those who can't fly, um, type of thing. And you get the feeling at that moment he means, I don't care if you're Avengers or Secret Avengers, grab who can't fly. That's it. And we'll sort them out when we get on the ground. Right. And that's because, you know, Cap's a great guy. Right. And this is also the great issue where Hercules destroys the Thor robot because that's how Thor came back. He was actually a clone and a robot combination, which is why he wasn't quite right and killed right. Goliath because he's right. not the real Thor. Um, so this is a really great um, story well as well. It ties up the series really good, especially, and for you guys actually who don't know this, this is not going to end happily. You think that, oh, everyone's going to kiss and make up. What happens is, once again, Iron Man and Captain America are face-to-face, and Iron Man's like, you know, you've already proven that you can't beat me, Cap. I don't know what chance you think you have now. And Vision shows up and puts his hand through Stark and phases, totally disrupting the armor. He goes, oh, you know, the Iron Man's armor down. And Captain America just takes his shield and just starts bludgeoning um, Iron Man. I mean, he's hitting him and hitting him to the point that he shattered the mask. He's laying on the ground, and Tony looks at Cap, who is now so enraged, he's holding the shield, and he's just waiting oh, to yeah. strike. And Tony's like, what are you waiting for, Steve? Do it. Well, right at that moment, a bunch of civilians all grab Cap and they're pulling him off. Um, and they're basically yelling at him, you stop, you know, what are you doing? This is, uh, this ain't you, Cap. This, this, is, ain't you. Exactly. this ain't you, Cap. Well, what happens is, we're trying to protect you, we're trying to not harm you. And they're like, look around, and there's a big shot where you see Manhattan. It's in flames. In flames, and buildings destroyed, and he realizes, oh my God. He goes, and he tells everybody on his side, stand down. He goes, we're no longer fighting for a reason now. We're fighting just to fight. He goes, this is not right. Everybody, stand down. Um, and they do. They put down our arms. Captain America gets taken in. And the series basically ends with Captain America going to jail. The Superhuman Registration Act is signed. Everybody is playing along. And then you see several things happen at the end of it. Um, Reed says, sue a letter. Basically telling her, you know, look. I know this was wrong, but certain things had to be done. You find out the whole reason it was called number 42 was when the woman first spit in Tony Stark's face. Um, Reed, Hank Pym, and um, Tony Stark came up with 100 different things they could do to get things to work and to change the world as they know it, and they settled on number 42 of the list. Which was the raft. Right, which is how they got that. Um, but a lot of things come out of this. So for one thing, the initiative. In this series, they said, well, we're going to have superhero teams for each, 50, for each state. So there'll be 50 superhero teams for each state, and they'll handle any emergencies that come along. Um, which rolls over into the Mighty Avengers. The new Mighty Avengers series starts, and it's all about the initiative. In mm -hmm. fact, the series is about the training of the heroes that they're going to put into the initiative. Which was good stuff. Right. Task yeah. Taskmaster as the uh, head trainer. Right. And then the two big ones, the two, two big ones, I'll let you guys handle them because you know what they are. Captain America and Spider-Man. And, and why? Yeah. What happens? Um, right on the tail end of this, um, we got something we didn't see. We weren't looking for this. Captain America is killed. Well, we think he's killed. Well, we think, well, at the he time, we believed that uh, he, got, he was killed. He's he, he shot by, by we, we originally think, Crossbones, and then we later find out it was Sharon Carter. Carter. Right. But he wasn't actually killed. He was shot with a magic bullet that sent him hurtling through right. time. time. Well, and remember, he gets shot on his way to trial. trial. On his way to trial. Yep. And, and then, he winds up looking more, looking like a martyr. And and then and, we got the horribleness that was uh, Spider Man. And, right. and I was gonna say now, well, when you say the horribleness that is Spider Man, the story ramification was fantastic, because what happens is everybody knows that Peter Parker Spider Man, including Wilson Fisk, the kingpin of crime, who's in jail. He can't touch Spider Man. But he's still got his contacts out there, and he's like, he puts a contract and says, I want Peter Parker dead. And this leads to the very dreadful, lame, one more day. Right. Well, what happens is, remember, the hitman is out in the window across the street. He has his high-powered rifle. Rifle. He's about to shoot Peter, and his spider sense gets off. And he tells Mary Jane, get down. But he didn't grab Aunt May, who was across the room. And Aunt May takes a bullet instead, which then leads into the whole, 
deal with Mephisto and the One More Day and the whole CF that became. But the story itself was really good. Um, so, yes, Civil War, guys, love it or hate it, really great um, story by Mark Millar. It did have huge ramifications for the Marvel Universe for, God, a few years. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and you know what would be so great about the Registration Act and the 50-state initiative? is how safe us Virginians would be. Because you know, the A team would be in D.C. where the president is. <laughs> right. and, Absolutely. And, and where would the B and C team be? Virginia and Maryland. Right. Because you want to have them close. That's right. So right. if the A team needs help, they're there. So right. we would have probably the second or third best Avengers team in the country Absolutely. right here in Virginia. And we'd be incredibly safe. Well, remember, too, when you read that, they even said that Colorado wanted the uh, the Thunderbolts team. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the things that I wanted to see out of the initiative, um, you know, the 50-state initiative, was a miniseries, you know, Avengers Montana. Right. Because, you know, you know you're going to get your, your slackers, your, your has-beens, your and, and your underachievers, your D-list, yeah. and you'll put them in a situation where they ha actually have well, you're to do have, something. You're, you're going to have the classic scene where they're sitting there, the alarm goes off, and someone's like, what the hell is that noise? It's that's, like, that's we're not the, trained for this. That's we're the alarm. superheroes. Oh, yeah, the alarm. And they all jump up like, the alarm! <laughs> <laughs> been an amazing story and we never got and we never what? got it never, and we never got it so that was something I was always disappointed I, I wanted one of those like like Avengers Montana or Avengers North Dakota or something like right. that you know and you I, know, I thought that would have been great and Civil War also um, with Captain America with this situation with Captain America we got something we a lot of diehard Captain America fans actually wanted to see Bucky take over for Captain America. Absolutely right, and and he did a fantastic. You know, job. I was a big fan of that of that whole run, Ed Brubaker's run on Captain America. Yeah, and I have to say, as much as I love Steve Rogers, and I am a huge Captain America Steve Rogers fan, no doubt. In some ways, I kind of like Bucky's run better. I had no problem, especially what sold me was. The Alex Ross cover, when he had that new regalia on and everything, mm -hmm. he had the had the blade, he had the had the pistol, and it was just like wow. Yeah, it, it was like seeing it was it was you knew that Bucky was going to uphold what Steve always oh, yeah. stood for. Now imagine, but it was something and he was fantastic new. too. Now imagine you're the writer on these other regular series. And you're being pulled into the office of Marvel with Mark Millard. Say, we're doing Civil War. Okay, great. So what's the storyline? And you get told. And he goes, so uh, we're going to need you to assassinate Captain America in the book after the series what? is done. He's like, excuse me? Well, <laughs> oh, I'm sure Brubaker was on board for that right. big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he was on board Or Spider-Man. And Dan Slott being told, yeah, um, we're going to need you to have Aunt May get shot. And uh, what? Okay, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, definitely check out uh, Civil War. And definitely check out Ed Brubaker's run on Captain America because it is Oh, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's probably the, the best Captain America I would, story I would say of all the books that came out of Civil War, the Captain America run is probably the most important one out mm -hmm. of all those. No doubt. And, and it, it's great. And if there was anyone who, if there was a character that benefited from the benefited from Civil War, in my opinion, it was definitely Captain America, Captain America because of the fact we got to see who Captain America is. Right. Well, not what he stands for, not the symbol, but who Steve Rogers is and where he will, quote unquote, I have the I shall not be moved mentality on on uh, on where he stands on things. Kind of like we got a taste of it in the movie when he was talking about when someone tells you move, no, you move. Plus, it, uh, it helped Marvel, too, because both his readership and his sales were in the tank at the time. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That, all right, guys. That is all the time we have for this week. want to remind you um, all the ways you can contact us. We do have our Facebook page for Lost in the Longbox. Lost in the Longbox at gmail.com. Please drop us uh, a line. Keep those cards and letters coming. I'm so stealing the H&R Puff and stuff line. Um, we also have a Patreon account. We'd love if you could throw a few bucks our way. Um, Enos, tell them about the three associated Facebook groups that we have. Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever, the realm of comics, of superheroes, comics, and pop culture, and gather together the world's greatest superhero team. And we have our sister shows too. Mad Men does Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday from 6 or 7 p.m. Check them out. Um, Kevin and Troy are doing the ComicsOnline.com podcast every Monday from 9.30 to 10.30. Um, thank you very much for joining, guys. We will see you next week. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Team Cap all the way.